Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. such an extraordinary thing about you because on one on the one hand what what people have seen with you you know the rod squad which was a most incredible visceral documentary on your time at at, 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 at Carlisle and all of that and putting the striker off the bus stopping the bus on the road and there's a there's a fucking traitor here fucking stand up there's yeah. a fucking traitor here lads and, the, yeah. and nobody knew you could see the whole but that great sense of drama that you have and the wildness and the preparedness if it comes to it to defend somebody with your fists yeah. you know and a, and a boy who could fight yeah. a boy who could fight and you would think this guy's a wild child but then you know the book I think is as much a love story yeah of of you know like uh, Michael Corleone in Sicily, he sees Apollonia and he gets hit with the colpo di fulmine, the thunderbolt. Yeah. And and it's I think the book is very moving in your description of that lifelong love, that very deep attachment ah, yeah. that so few people are lucky to experience. Just a word, Joe, lucky. I got lucky. I got lucky, Joe. I thank God every day for that one. You know, because as you say... To have it is unreal. And to be at my age now and even getting stronger is unbelievable. And when I look back at the whole thing, and I think of the younger years going on the hold-up and hanging around with the, the, the boys, and, you know, I think my father would have, oh, he would have been. Just for, found for, 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 the, for, for listeners who might not have read the book, tell us about go, going on the hold-up. <laughs> Yeah, we, he just he mentions it so casually. <laughs> well, there was, was an old robbery, was, you know. It's there, was, there was a culture. We we came from. I, I'm from Cabra, 
very, very Republican area. The first two shots, actually, in the, in the rise of the 1960s were, were, were fired off in Cabra. Right, that's history. As a Republican uh, stronghold, it was the 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 constituent of Nicky Kyo when we were kids, Sinn Féin, and back in the Republican movement. And we looked up because he was brilliant to the community. And there was a cohort of older men there. And you were all, I remember marching out there in Georgia Street. I think at the time the embassy was burnt down. And we all marched. A man called Leo Scullion recruited about 20 of us. We were all marching into... We could have been marching to Belfast. We didn't care. We were only kids at the time. But anyway, so I remember we were down the corner, Bowling's Corner, and a car pulled in. And two lads there, and we're all standing at the corner. says, right, we need a body. We're, uh, we're going to do a hold-up. And it's for the cause. So I put my hand up. I said, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> you get down the field of you. like, you're one of those people. Like, I'm never going to say no because I might miss something. That's it. You're <laughs> raging, you know. And yeah, and we went on it. We went on it anyway. And I remember it well. And it was, it was. Had the boys guns? Well, they had guns. Right. And we went. I had to go hold a shop door. Right. And the innocence of it, right. It was a shop that sold flagons of cider to every underage person in Dublin City that could get within the area, from Dublin 7 to Dublin 1, right? Everyone went there, so they thought, right, there's going to be a big stash there. This is what they were telling me. So I went in, I got out, jumped, hold the door. The man goes in, he goes in with the, with the, with the, the business, and I'm waiting, and he's doing his business, the driver scarpers. <laughs> so I'm standing there I'm a kid now only about 14 and I'm going you never in trouble here so I shouted in and I went I'm off and I ran I ran down I ran down Berkeley Road and I turned into it's like a big pond in at the back of if you go straight on if you go left you go to Dorset you go that way you go down towards the Black Church I was torn in there I was like a big pond. And I ran in. And I grinned under a sea. You know a bench? It was all overgrowth. And I was there. And I am oh Jesus no. Me dad's going to kill me, right? And I'm going to get put in Mountjoy prison. <laughs> and all I could hear was sirens and sirens and sirens and sirens. And I wasn't going. Till they died down. And about two hours later, it dawned on me. They, were, they weren't after us. They were... Hamlet is going to the hospital and <laughs> whatever. So I crawled out and that was an experience that, you know, thank God didn't change the course of my life. Thank What's, God. So what happened to that gang of three, the, 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 the getaway driver? He's carpered. I don't know what they done with him, what they said to him, or how they f- figured that so, one out. So that was like, above my remake. Isn't Roddy's like, you know, the two Ronnies who were at the end of it, the wee one. Ronnie, Ronnie uh, Corbett used to start telling the joke on the sofa, but he would branch out into about 12 different stories. <laughs> but who would have thought that Roddy Collins, on top of everything else, is a poet? And your words in the book on your lifelong love affair with your the love of your life, Caroline, rival, I think Shakespeare would be happy to write this. You wrote in the book, I think you were 15 years old, I was. I just up, turned off Henry Street and there she was in her school uniform, one sock up and one sock down. My face got hot. My heart was going like the clappers. 
I don't have the words to describe how happy I was in that moment. The kind of feeling you could spend the rest of your life chasing, but never experience again. Come on. It's beautiful. Fanning, come on. It's beautiful. Oh, it's not, it's not, it's not, um, <clears throat> that's normal. That's not real. Well, well, it's normal for me. I got lucky. I, I remember that day. But it's the words. And the first present we ever bought, Caroline, it's hanging on the wall. It's a girl looking out into a field with the, the long auburn hair. And she bought a bachelor's walk. We were walking down one day and she looked in the, the gallery. We're only kids, only about 16 when I bought it. And um, she said, that reminds me of me when you looked around the corner. And I did. And I have a hanging on the wall in the sitting room at the moment. And you we must, only talked about you the other night. Like you must have had hundreds of women interested in you. I mean, he writes in the book, Dion, when you were a very lonely apprentice in Fulham, um, yeah. you wrote her a, a love letter. Uh, when I read this, I have to say, my breath caught. I'm a sentimental person, as you know. But I want you to think of me all day and night because I am thinking of you all day and all night. I swear I will never go off with any girls. I hope you're studying hard because if I don't get the football, you'll have to get the leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a good, there was a good one too. There, you that got was her. psychology. It was. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like the Tony yeah. Quinn. But. Yeah, yeah, that was like psychology. Fuck you know Shakespeare I mean? in a shall we compare thee to a summer day? Take like, that Shakespeare, yeah. But you, you talk, see, 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 Joe. Everyone, like, no, no life goes without its bumps, its bumps and all that. I went to court town with a gang of lads camping. I didn't come home. I didn't come home when I was supposed to. I normally don't come home when I was supposed to. And uh, cats, that's it, forget about it. I was about 17. So next of all, I kept, there was no phones back then. She lived in Odebney, guys, I couldn't knock on the door. No, she doesn't want to know you anymore. You're letting her down and all that. So next of all, I heard Carolyn has a date with a butcher out of Mary Street, right? So I went in the butchers and I said, don't you fucking dare. Tell, tell, yeah. take, take your time and tell us the story. You went into the butcher's school. Oh, I went into the butcher's Did shop. Did he know who you were? I was nobody. I was only a 16-year-old kid from Cabra, but that was my girl and that was it. I'd messed up staying an extra few days <laughs> in Wexford with the lads and Karen was fed up with me. <laughs> and she she, she, she So what did you say to the fella? I told him, I said... Was there other, were there other people there? Yeah, he's fat around the butcher's. <laughs> what did you say to Yeah, him? I just went in and I said, excuse me, you Joe. That's me, I've a word. I said, you've asked the girl out, you've asked the girl out in the sandwich bar across, which kind of work part time. Yeah, you're not fucking going anywhere. What did he say? That's my girl. Okay, I won't go. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That was it. And he never turned up. And I went down and I was waiting. Carolyn arrived. What are you doing here? I says, Carolyn, come on, that was it. They were little tips, you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, along the way, my suits were in the garden loads of times. But really? Yeah. You're, you're, but it was the last time you had a, when you were last in the doghouse. Oh, Jesus. What day is today? Pinned. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. 20 years, mate. I can't remember really? that far back. Yeah. Like, really. Like, when I say doghouse, I'm talking about maybe two days on the lookout for you, you know? Okay. Like, I got one. Uh, uh, Do you ever tell you a story with, with Vinny? Go ahead. I got a phone call Vinnie one Murphy. morning. No, Vinny Jones. Oh, Vinny Jones. I got, I got a phone call one morning. And uh, I was at the been in, could have been in Lisa Street with Caroline anyway. I was in bits. 
And it was Vinny, all right, Roger, you know, my big brother, Sylvester says, yeah, how do you fucking sing it? You know, and I'm going, he was my brother. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, what do you, what do you ask for? I can't in the bed. And I'm sitting on the phone. What do you ask me for? He said, Tucker's coming home, Holland's a carp that you knew over there. We're having a drink in the Patch Pub in Hamill Hampstead. I said, what time? He said, well, about two o'clock. He said, okay. I grew up and had a shower. Fucking out to the airport. But dumb, I was gone. And you didn't tell her? I never told her, no. <laughs> so, I've been to Patch Pub. Half twelve topped up, one o'clock flying, two o'clock gave the socks, right? Next of all, like a mini coach pulls up, Finny goes, Right, lads, come on, we're all going to the Newbury races. So he was fucking game for that. Like, I jumped on the bus, Newbury race, there they am. Load of boards hanging out, Finny John Champagne, supermodels, you name it. My phone rings, right? And it's Carlin's brother, Mikey. And he goes, all right, Ross, we're fucking great, I'm flying, Mikey. He says, Carlin's looking everywhere, she's going to kill you. Where are you? I says, why? He says, because I'm looking at your BBC racing. <laughs> <laughs> I says, you're winding me up. He says, I'll tell you exactly what you're wearing and I'll tell you what you're wearing. There's a blondie one sitting round by you and it doesn't look good, Rod. What do I do? I said to Vin, Vinny, I'm getting out of here. I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm getting out of here. I'd be in Moyo's pub. No, 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 I'll tell you, I'd be in Jack Charlton's pub that night. There was a deal. Right, an anniversary deal in the baggery in the stuff you call it? Yeah. The baggery in whatever. So anyway, I said to Vinny, I'm going. What have been on the telly? Oh, you're joking, yeah. He says, right, okay. And he go, came with me. He came with you. He came with me. <laughs> so Tanya was killing him, standing me getting killed by Carlin. But Tanya and Carlin were great friends. So they go, talk, he's all right, he's with us. But um, I remember arriving back, um, we got off the flight in Dublin Airport and a couple of points, couple of bits having a crack Vinny was the superstar we were all having a crack and I walked into I walked into the bag it in and Caroline I walked by her Vinny fell in behind me up to the counter blah 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 anyway Caroline gave me the old finger bang 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 right and uh, it was alright everything was sorted out and Caroline says I thought your flight was landing at half eight I said it was delayed we didn't get it about eleven you know I said it was delayed Caroline said that was grand so the next day, Caroline will tell you, every night I go on the drink, she says me pox the next day because she says, aunt that's left in it is mine. You've been there, it's mine. And she found a receipt from the Falcher Bar in the airport at a quarter to nine. <laughs> <laughs> you lying bastard. <laughs> that's that, good detective work, though. Instinctive, instinctive. Well, she's not that good because I'll tell you why, right? I'm looking for a pair of walking trousers today. I'm renovating an apartment that I have. And I'm looking for a pair of walking trousers. And I couldn't find it because my daughter got married last week and we buried my best friend the day before. Right, my bestest, bestest friend, right? So I couldn't find And there's these masonry nails I'm looking for for the last three days. And I said, Caroline, did you find me shorts? She says, I'm about to find them just there now. Just before I come out, I'm about to find them just there now. I says, where the masonry nails in them? She says, no. And I went up found 100 euros in the pocket. So Caroline's slowing up. <laughs> And who was your best friend? Stevie Spoiser. Stephen Spoiser. A man I met 36 years ago. And what I call a real friend, an unconditional friend. Never yeah. judge it. No matter what you've done right, wrong or indifferent, he was the same. He was the most, he was 77 years of age, 77. He was the most pragmatic. He was the most gentle, but tough. He was four, four foot, I'd say about eight, nine. Small man, but huge in stature. A smaller stature, huge. Huge as a man, and uh, I loved him. 
And where did you meet him? He, I come back to playing football in England and my mother was having a few dates with him. And I met him instantly on the Camber Road. Instant, I talked to him. And we became friends. And then my mother's relationship with him fizzled out, but he stayed for uh, 25 years living in my mother's house as a lodger. And then uh, he moved into a, uh, you know, a little, it was taxiing up till six months ago. But, you know, somebody I could sit with and say, I have a problem and I'm going to battle this fella. Or I feel angry about this. Or if you, you'd walk away, he was a pacifist, right? You'd walk away and you'd have it actually figured out. He was brilliant. He was intelligent, yet not, not educated. He was he was English, who left England at 15. And I never knew he'd any family. Never knew he'd any family till three days ago. Right. right. 79, 70, 77 years of age. Three days ago, we got his birth cert. And I looked at the address. Oh, no. Sherbrooke in Derbyshire. I played football with a fellow called Les Robinson from Sherbrooke in Derbyshire. Right. Right? And I tracked him down through a football WhatsApp that was on about three or four years ago. I, I didn't stay long in it. And I got him and says, he says, will he narrowly come back? He said, he's two brothers and one sister. I spoke to his sister-in-law today. She rang me. Right. The, uh, I think, uh, yeah. only, you know, people who are Interesting and complex and full of contradictions like you are always, I think, the most honest people. And uh, we had an awful chuckle that night up at the Brian Mullins tribute when, I don't know if you recall this, <laughs> you had been promised job as an assistant manager. That's true. Go tell, tell the story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was the, waiting the, for the text right, to come in. There the was phone. an agent, and it was only that weekend, there was an agent uh, asked me to, to could he get me work I said yeah and then he had a lot of it up but I was the main qualified man so he said right if you get that job you bring him in you get that job you bring him in yeah 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 so suddenly a job came up and the sporting director of the club played for me and idolised me as a man mm. right as a person and I idolised him as a lad great relationship from Derry from Derry he was right and I rang him up and I said there's a chap going to apply for the job this is his name He's bringing me in as his assistant. I spoke to the chap that's applying for it. I said, you're going to get in there, give her a week, and I'm in with you, no problem. Right? So he gets the job. A week goes by. My friend, sporting director, calls him into the office. What's happening with Rod? You haven't come in. No, I'm going to go with someone else. That was that weekend. So that's football, Joe, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's life. And you, and you can become cynical, and you do. You do become cynical, but then... You know, when you get older, you go, life is a rat race, really. But did you, know you feel I mean? more cynical about football than you say you felt about boxing or anything like that? Did you feel football was just a living? There was never a living for me. I never made a penny of football. It was never a living for me. It was a, a labour of love, right? I loved boxing. No, no, I'll, I'll tell the story. Brendan McCarthy, I was asked to go to Fulham and I was flying at the boxing. And... I went to Brendan McCarthy and I said, Brendan, I'm not going to ask out to Fulham. And he said to me, do you like boxing? I said, yeah. He said, do you love football? I said, yeah. He said, but then you love football more than boxing? I said, I do. We'll go to England. That's what he said. Because you can't participate in a sport 
and give everything you have. So anyway, it was never... When I started off, yeah, I'll be honest, there was three ways out. The ladder of, of success, where I came from, was um, work, for work, crime, education or sport. That was the ladder of success. And if you got one of them and you were good, you were out of the... You went to the big league, you know what I mean? So football was my one. I tested the... Uh, Going on the L sortie, and I didn't didn't enjoy that adrenaline. So I was just really going to football adrenaline, and I really enjoyed it. <coughs> and <coughs> pardon me, more the glamour. Yeah, right. More the glamour, Joe. That know? night at the, you, you would love the GA <coughs> in a way. I suppose there were there wouldn't be the same highs and lows and the same individualism. But you said to me that night because I remember you marvelled at the fact that so many of Brian Mullins' old. Dairy squad who had managed for two years had come down to Vincent's, you know. And you said to me, "I thought lads getting a fee." I says, "What? No, they're all here just out of yeah. respect for Brian." And you said, "You just said like that would never happen, never, never, never happen in football, soccer." I I was sacked by Carlisle to say <laughs> half nine. <laughs> Is this the story you told up on stage? Yeah, <laughs> I said I said to Roddy, "Did you?" He said, you know, you get sacked at half now. I said, did, did you get a severance payment? Got it, got it. No, I didn't get a severance payment. I, 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 I rang my solicitor, Brian Delahunt, and I said, Brian, he said, cement your feet to the floor. They're trying to find it. Call me a dummy, an idiot. You know, ah, everything. Brian just stood me ground. Brian was sacked anyway. I said, look, I said, you know, what do you want me to do? And he said, step down, resign. That's not happening. I said, sack me. And the ego of the man involved Right, you're sacked. It's the most expensive comment he's ever made in his whole life. I paid dearly for it afterwards. But so they gave me the letter of uh, dismissal in the hole, and I got me, me severance. But I went down onto the training pitch, Joe. And a half an hour after I was sacked to say goodbye to the lads, they didn't even look over. They all jumping around, have cracked the new manager. Now, Darren from Derry and uh, Willow McDonough, a couple more. Richie Foran, they come over and gave me a hug and all, but the rest didn't give a fillers. But that's football. It's our, it's a viper's nest. The car. You know, it's a viper's the nest. Car. And is it, hold on, hold on. The car. The Mercedes. Oh, the car? Yeah, the Mercedes. Oh, yeah, I took the car. <laughs> see, no, no. No, you see, you see you're a legal man, John, no, no, no. right? And if you give me a contract, and part of that contract is a car, and you dismiss me, right? Well, you have to come to some arrangement on the car, right? Because it wasn't in it wasn't in the written contract, so I thought, well, okay, possession is nine tenths the law, so I jumped on the ferry with the car, brought it home, and I was driving it around Dublin, and one night I was sitting there and I heard a truck outside, and I it was the day, was it, was, it was Sunday, you were Sunday, yeah, was Sunday afternoon, there was two police cars, right, sirens, or not sirens, and a truck, and I go, what's going on here, and next of all, they started. Connected up, so we threw the two kids into the backseat, <laughs> right? and it was a Mexican standoff for about two hours. So in the end, he let the car back down off the police went down, and I kept the car back. And then I done a day with them on the back. But that, Joe, I could give you ten car stories. He told me, he told me that they eventually gave up when he sent Caroline out with the lunch to feed the children their lunch. I did, yeah. <laughs> Through the window. They, had, they were in the back of the car with their crayons and their colouring boots. And I says, I says, you better dig in here, lads. 
I think when they, I think when the guards smelled the lovely big McDonald's <laughs> yeah. meal going to the back seat, they thought we better get out here. But you know, like it's, 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 it's about moral duty. I think, like this, this football team, these contracts and this and that, and you know, you know, my dad told me, a man's a man for what he's worth, right? If a man's worth a pound. He gets a pound. Not 90 pence or one pound 20. You know? And I think people should face up to that and look at each other and go, look, it's not working out. The best second I ever got was Derry. Right? Philip O'Darley. Proper man. Ruthless. Ruthlessly ruthless. But looked me in the eye and said, Rod, it's over. What can we do? We had a two-minute chat. Shook hands. Two days later, the result of our conversation, I had. And that's what it's about. You know, like people tried to play the article and bully people into resigning and, and pressure them into, to, you know, uh, breaking down and not being able to, to do that. You'd, look, it's a load of crap. If, you've, if, if you have a problem, sit down. What's the problem? What's the problem? Sort it out. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, I mean, there are no morals in professional sport now. No. I mean... It's a joke. Look at that. I mean, the Saudis buying it up all over the place, the Qataris. You know, saw the... Let's just say sport, Joe, professional sport. We're looking at football, we're looking at golf, we're looking at professional boxing. Where there's money in professional sport is great. It's great. That's a fact. Because I remember when I was a young, not a young player, I was a, I was a young player on Bird Cert, but I was a lot older in reality, at, at Mansfield Town. <laughs> and we'd done a course. And they said, how much would you love to earn a week? And I was on 270, I think. And I said, oh, I would love to be on 500 a week. That'd be the dream. I'd be a millionaire. And he said to me, well, if I gave you 500 a week, this is the course we're doing. And come back in 18 months or two years. You'd want 700. Yeah. I said, no, I'll be happy with five. He said, no, you wouldn't. Your standard living goes up. 
your expectations go up. And this is what's happened with these footballers. Like, to see a man go over a percentage of man, one of the biggest frauds on football to, to 160 million a year. By the Brazilian. Yeah. They were a full yeah. fraud. Neymar, a fraud. But look. Yeah, he could have been something instead. He's could have been. Sh- could have been, been a Maradona of it. At the beginning, he'd all the time he became a party boy. But look, that's people. Yeah, are, be, I think he became a brand. That's what it is. Not a, not a. I mean, I mean Maradona played for Glory, and it was obvious that that's what he played for. The money was secondary. Yeah, yeah. And and when it was over, yeah, like all the like most of the greatest ones, he couldn't cope when it was over. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. he, like, well, who do you remember? You remember Maradona? You know? Yes. But it's very easy not to. It's very easy for someone like Neymar just to slip into the sidelines now because the amount of money he's going to get, no matter what, yeah. is just uh, like he's got. He's got no fears. Like, like he's got you, nothing. You to look work. at the Beckham of the honor. You look at Beckham. <clears throat> right, he was a thorough professional. Hmm. Ronaldo, you don't begrudge them, even at this later twilight of their career, because they give a hundred percent. But the party boys like Yang and you know to go around and, and, and honestly. Professional football is littered with it, yeah. but but Roddy, was it was it worse in some ways in in like sort of Irish football where there was actually no money, so that people had to kind of clamber more for whatever little bit there was around. Was it was it as big a nest of vipers there? No, it was less because there was no money. It was done as as Joe just alluded there. People done because they loved the game. Yeah, it wasn't because of the money because you got peanuts. Yeah. But we all loved playing and our enthusiasm for the train and the games and. You know, we used to go out and win and, you know, represent whatever club you were playing for and then have a couple of points afterwards and make friends, even on boats, you know, the other teams as well. The DA was supreme at that, brilliant at that. We tell the story about when you were at Bowes as a kid and the phone rang and they wanted to know the score. That's right. I was struggling in the B team, B team they called it, and I was coming back off a broken leg I needed some sort of a leg up, as you say. And I remember coming in, I can remember it distinctly, and there was a phone there with no dials on it. It was like a black phone with a big wire hanging out of it. And I was just walking by and ring, 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 you know the old ring. I picked it up, hello, yeah, yeah, uh, Irish Independent here. And I went, yeah, what can I do with you? Can you give us a result of the game as quick as possible? He says, yeah, three nailed the balls. Who's the scores? Collins, three. Right? <laughs> I said nothing to nobody. Monday morning, right, because we played on a Saturday. British Independent, Bowes 3, Home Fairfield, Collins 3. Every home game, Joe. Every home game. You know, I'll be rushing in to get the shower right behind. Ring, ring. Yeah. What's this going I didn't take all the goals. So after the belt, I'd say, well. Once I'd you say, got to about 37 goals for no, the season. No, no, it had to be cute enough, you know. After about, I think, 10 goals in. 12 games, right? 12 home games. Right? I walked onto a building site and a fella said, you know, just be good. Here's Mr. Boy Wandering, the goal machine, you know. I think it about three goals in the whole yeah. the time. But as you all say, perception. Yeah. You know, perception. Yeah, the, the book, there, there's a, a very poignant turning point where you were vying with a young player called Paul Vesson for Paul Vesson, yeah, for senior terms with Arsenal, and uh, you spoke about that in in, in the no, book. he was a signed player, Joe. Right. He was a young superstar coming up. He was a he was a signed player. I think they signed him from Peterborough for big money. 
But I was, it was nothing about, you know, confrontations regards to place. I walked into a shower area. He was in having a shower. The shower beside him was running. There was no one else there. And I said, is there anyone using the shower? There was a sauna over there in Hybrid at the time. You could use the sauna. Fellas going now. I just being courteous instead of just getting in under. And he was there. I don't fucking see anyone petty. I said, what? I don't see anyone petty. I said, well, you lost it. Boom. Stuck one on him. What did you do? I them. I gave him the old cabaret kiss. Yeah. yeah. I gave him the cabaret kiss and there. Uh, yeah, but no. <laughs> you, said it was, it, you described it in the book. I stuck the head on him. His nose burst open and the shower looked like a It did. It did. It did. It did. But look, you don't dwell on stuff like that. It's Aye, just, but, you know but, what I mean? It happened. I've no regrets. I do it again tomorrow because yeah, this paddy thing didn't go well with me at all. What were the consequences of doing that? Well, the consequences were between that, him getting that, and Don Helm being put in his box. Uh, <laughs> I think I think it was getting gradually nearer he throw it. <laughs> I was told too aggressive off the pitch, not aggressive enough on it. <laughs> on your bike <laughs> your bike's outside yeah. but look come here it is what it is you know that's you know the, what do uh, you do do you sit down and take it and oh you know be the little Paddy Irishman sitting in the corner and get a contract and collect your wages and not be able to sleep at night and not be able to think not being true to yourself you know because Carlin was back home and from when I met Carlin at 15 I started going steady at 16 to today Today, when we were talking, if I ever took a step back and it was in the right circumstances and, and for the right reasons, Karen says, oh, I could never love you, Rod. I could never look at you. You know, like taking the FEI money when Delaney was in charge. I oh, wouldn't have never done that. We were skint. We were broke down, you know what I mean? You know, the book, we were skint. Uh, I'm just going to say it, and, and I know that, that you haven't even asked us to mention it, but even better than the book is the fact that I don't know if you're aware, but Roddy um, has done an audio book version of the Rod Father Inside the Beautiful Game. It is terrific. I, I I laughed, and you know I think there were so many poignant moments. It's raw, tender, wild, honest, and just like the man himself. And uh, we could spend ten hours with this man and only scrape the surface, but we're thrilled that you've come in to join us my friend and uh, I will leave the listener to discover the many delights of uh, the Rod Father Roddy Collins uh, a wonderful piece of work but more importantly a very a very very fine man and I'm absolutely and shaking hands across here. the table here privileged Thank privileged Thank Thank step up in, no disrespect Jan. it's a step up when you go with it as you don't get me wrong I've been in with you and it was brilliant but I was kept saying to Carolyn I wonder when that brolly fella ever called me and, I, and, 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 and this is true this is true Joe may God take me tonight in my bed I swear on my life three things happened this week and one of them was right I said to Carolyn I bet you Joe Brolly calls me that's the truth the other one was I was in the park yesterday and I said to Carolyn James I haven't seen so-and-so in a long time and he walked up behind me and then I got a phone call today the stuff that's happening I'm not into this spiritual like butterflies and all that not into all that no. but people are telling me bro since my pal died right I mean this I've never had a warmer glow of freedom of 
I don't know what it is. It's unbelievable. You know, of you happiness. See, uh, I, I, you can see it on you. I mean, he texted me this morning, and I, I nearly fell down. I got this text from this morning. He said, I'm so excited about doing this. I didn't sleep a wink last night. <laughs> <laughs> I slept like a baby, John. <laughs> I knew that. I was going to bed about 11, half, 11, 11, a group of half, five. Have me bowl of porridge. Go back to bed at six. Group of ten. Interesting. Then I go for me walks. I'm off to Spain now next two more weeks for five weeks. And you look fantastic. You, Walking, look, as, you look as if you could still go Drinking organic red wine. Nah, Joe. Come on. Leave that to me, sons. Roddy, it's been fantastic. Thank you for coming in and we'll have you in again. Thank you. You're a gentleman. I really, really enjoyed it. And I mean that. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Don't go changing to try and please me. You never let me down before. Mm-hmm. Don't imagine you're too familiar. And I don't see you anymore I could not leave you In times of trouble We never would have come this far mm-hmm. I took the good times I'll take the bad times I'll take you just Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.